Welcome to Season 3 of the To Health With That podcast, where we break up big topics into small bites. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Newsel, and I'm joined by my dear friend, women's health and fertility expert, naturopathic physician, Kate Namas, to break down infertility, hormones, and the whole baby-making shebang. This week, let's talk about some of the mental and emotional factors tied up in having babies. This is an area that women often don't talk about, even with their closest friends. And so the entire point of today's discussion is not so much information conveyance. It's mostly just to say some of these words out loud in hopes that it will help you talk to your friends, partner, counselor, therapist, or whoever, if you actually need to talk to somebody. Kate, I know you work with clients who are struggling with infertility all the time. What is your biggest recommendation around staying mentally healthy through the process? Great question. In addition to all the lifestyle support that we have to offer, which absolutely can help with mental health, I'm paying attention to reported feelings of anger, anxiety, worry, sadness, and depression, as well as new or increased relationship struggles. And I will regularly refer out to personal and or couples therapy. If needed, I suggest talking to their primary care doctor about a psych referral, or we'll do that myself in certain licensed states like Oregon. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, therapy, spiritual counseling, couples therapy, sex therapy, and even trauma work is really invaluable in this fertility journey, especially for couples who've struggled for some time, right? And devoting resources to these things can even help to make your fertility process more successful, which we'll talk about in a minute. Some of the feelings that I often hear expressed in my client base, and I do want to emphasize that I'm not a therapist, um, but these are very real struggles that people are having, and it's important to honor them and to actually acknowledge your own struggles if you haven't. A biggie is changes to self-worth and self-image. There's something very primal about the ability to breed, right? To reproduce, pass on those genes. And it's very fundamental to how we see ourselves, although most of us don't really realize that until we're faced with the idea that we might not be fertile, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's something that we just assume, right? Everybody assumes they are fertile and they are strong and healthy and their hormones are good and they're virile and whatever. But when you actually start to find proof that that is not the case, It can really call into question self-image and your own perceived femininity or masculinity. And so that's a struggle that a lot of people kind of have to face, right? That's a demon we have to face down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And of course, you know, there's there's the actual not getting the thing that you're striving for increases the wanting. And so as time passes with this process and each cycle brings its own small failure or disappointment, right? It can become very easy for couples to hyper-focus on having babies more and more strongly to the point that it becomes a very, very unhealthy process mentally that begins to exclude other potential sources of happiness, right? So couples lose sight of the rich relationship that they have or the lives that they have because they don't have this one particular thing. The forced sex problem (laughs) is a problem. Uh, Because unfortunately, there's nothing less sexy than having to have sex, right? It's an amazingly quick and effective way to take the magic out of a relationship. 
And it forces sex into this mechanistic outcome-based process that isn't sexy at all. Loses spontaneity. It's just not wonderful. Some couples I have seen are incredible at overcoming this factor. But for many couples, adding fertility into their goals means that their actual sexual activity decreases and their enjoyment of it decreases, right? Which is which can be a lot of stress on a relationship. And also there's, of course, actual loss, right? Many couples experience loss, actual pregnancy loss, which happens very commonly with MTHFR, or the loss of hope that starts to be repeated every time a woman gets her cycle or every time a couple fails IVF. So quite literally every month has this small time of mourning, and that adds up to a lot of anguish. Absolutely. Those are really important factors that you're looking out for to think about referring for therapy and counseling. And I think these are really relatable life experiences. And I also encourage women to talk to trusted family and friends about these issues as well, especially if you don't have insurance that covers therapy or you can't afford it. In general, you know, in a society, I think more openness about fertility struggles and pregnancy loss helps everyone, right? These stressors can tear people apart and fertility struggles are kind of like an endurance race with sprints mixed in. So giving yourself sort of the mental and emotional support and your relationship, the care and attention along the way is really, really vital. And that could be just talking about your feelings openly with your partner or a friend, or it could be actually working with a therapist or counselor. Absolutely. And I'd add on to that journaling. Let's talk a little bit about stress and relaxation. So stress as measured by cortisol levels, which is our main stress response hormone, has been shown to increase the time to conception in couples who are actively trying to conceive, meaning higher stress levels equal longer time to conceive. And that's with or without fertility struggles. And there's great evidence that focusing on relaxation and stress management with therapies like meditation, yoga, breath work, and counseling can improve cortisol levels and reduce the time to conception. I love that. Um, what's a situation where you might refer out for sex therapy or couples counseling? Yes. So the timed sex issue can be a real barrier for some couples, and it gets in the way of what would otherwise be a, a happy, healthy, joyful sex life. And this part of the journey can be really scarring to the couple's physical intimacy because making something that's supposed to be pleasurable and experience-based into something task-based is, is sort of takes a lot of the joy out of it. Also, obviously, how often you're having sex matters very much in the fertility outcome as well. So if this is becoming a barrier to fertility, obviously I refer, but also if it's becoming a barrier to the health of the relationship for that couple, you know, a lot of couples really start to unravel around this situation. And so if the fertility process is driving a wedge between the partners, then I do think couples counseling or sex therapy is a great, great option. Another tool that I do want to talk about that I use very frequently in the mental health piece of the fertility journey is, journey is homeopathy. Homeopathy can be very controversial, but the underlying idea is that a tiny dose of something that would cause the symptoms that you're having can help your body to work through those same symptoms, even if the symptoms are caused by something totally different. So it's like giving your body a little roadmap to navigate itself out of trouble. And there are two remedies that I use very frequently for couples going through fertility difficulties. One is called Ignatia. And this is a common remedy for any kind of shock, grief, trauma, or loss, right? So this could be loss of a loved one. It could be loss of a baby. It could be any kind of loss, loss of a relationship, whatever. But it helps 
your body physically, physiologically to move forward after a shock or loss without getting stuck in the physical part of the grieving process. It's really easy to lose motivation for self-care and, you know, stop sleeping or lose your appetite when you're dealing with some of these big emotions. But Ignatia helps to keep those things on track. And for loss, Ignatia at a 30C potency can be taken super simply. It's just three pellets under the tongue once a day. Also, there's another remedy specifically for helping your body to hormonally get on back, back on track after a miscarriage, and it's called sepia. And this is especially if you feel like you're not emotionally bouncing back. It helps with the physical symptoms, but also the mental, emotional part of the picture. But the bottom line is that outside of any intervention or any particular you know, practitioner or anything like that, it is really important to honor and support your mental health with the same level of attention that you would with your physical health. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for listening today and sharing your time with us. If you like this show, please follow and maybe even leave a review or like and subscribe if you happen to be watching on YouTube. Visit namesnd.com or to healthwiththat.com for more information about Drs. Kate and me, Dr. Amy. 